7.05 on a uh, chilly but sunny Wednesday evening. We are uh, back at it here with the Employment Hour. As always, your phone calls. Love them. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell, you want to throw an email across uh, our bow here. We'll get to a few of those tonight as well. That is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We always start with the week that was. That's right. The week that was. And thank you, John. And uh, happy to be back. Thank you for our, our, our listeners for tuning in every week. We're here to talk about employment law, workplace rights. If, if it is the first time you're tuning in, well, uh, welcome. And this is really the show where we tell you about your workplace rights. We all have a job. We all, all should know what our rights are. If uh, we lose our job, if something happens to us, can our employer do something to us? If you've been wondering... Is my employer allowed to do this to me? Mm -hmm. You didn't know. Well, guess what? We're here to talk about that. Give us a call, and and I'll answer your questions. And to get us warmed up and started here, uh, I'll start by talking about a couple of situations that I I dealt with this week. Now, John, both of these situations deal with the idea, the concept of termination for cause. Mm -hmm. And it does, uh, both of those will demonstrate exactly how often and, and the types of ways that employers get this wrong. Remember, termination for cause is something that can only happen if an employee is guilty of very significant misconduct. So let's talk about the first matter. The first matter involved a mechanic that worked uh, in a car garage for about 16, 17 years, one wow. of those old-fashioned car garages. Uh, everything was fine. Well, uh, some short while ago, uh, he, he had screwed up. He had ordered the wrong part for a vehicle, and instead of saying, okay, it's the wrong part, I'll order another one, he tried to make it work and try to use this wrong part to fix mm-hmm. the vehicle. Apparently, made the condition worse, damaged the vehicle, and obviously, the, the customer was very upset, and he lost his job because of it. Now, there is no question here, John, that what he did was wrong. Uh, no, no, no excuse. He screwed up. He should not have done what he did. Sure. But that's not the question. The question is, can that or did that amount to just cause? Can the employer let him go for cause and not pay him any severance? Now, this was a long-service employee, over 16 years of employment. Good employee, never had an issue, never had a warning or a suspension, a clean record. He screwed up. One incident of of screwing up, one incident of misconduct does not almost ever amount to just cause. A little more than that, right? So despite the fact that he did something wrong, maybe you will say even quite wrong. That's not cause. It wasn't even close to being cause. So because of that, he was wrongfully dismissed. He was let go when he should not have been let go for cause. His employer could have let him go without cause, paid him a civil severance. That's not what they did. And he's owed 12 months pay easily here. So the lesson here for our listeners with respect to this first matter is that it's extremely difficult to let you go for cause. And maybe you've done something wrong, something you're not proud of, something you mm-hmm. should, not have, uh, should not have done. It, that's, that does not necessarily mean at all that your employer can let you go for cause. In many cases, that is still very much premature and it's illegal, in other words. So if he uh, had worked over the last 16 years and say he messed up maybe three or four times in the 16 years that had been written down or he got a warning or made noted, then possibly this could Certainly. have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Certainly if it was in more recent, let's say the last couple of years, there mm-hmm. was a couple of errors, mistakes, and he was warned about it or, or you know talked to about and so his record, recent record was not clean. Yeah, then the employer may be at the position to say, listen, what else can we do with you? We've talked to you. Keep screwing up. We can't have you working here anymore. Yeah. That may be cause. But that's not what happened. 16 years. Clearly, he's not a problem employee. Right, he's an right. employee that made a big mistake. Sure. But it's not cause. He could have received a warning, maybe even a suspension, but not terminated for cause. What else you got? Second situation, very different, but also deals with this concept of cause. 
uh, I got a call from a lady who uh, suffered from a medical condition and had to take time off work. Uh, it's a very private uh, medical condition, a feminine mm -hmm. t uh, condition that she had. And she did not have a disability plan uh, at her work. So she provided her employer with a letter from a doctor saying, uh, I'm, I'm her doctor. I've seen her. She can't work for the next little while for medical reasons, and I'll reevaluate her in uh, a few weeks' time. That wasn't good enough for her employer. The employer says, no, no, we need to know why. It's not good enough just to say you can't work. We want to know why. Mm. said, well, no, I'm not comfortable telling you that. They said, it doesn't matter. We need to know why. Otherwise, we're not going to allow you to be back to, uh, to be off work. And when she refused to give it to them, they said, well, we expect you at work on Monday, hmm. 9 a.m. She didn't come into work, so they fired her for cause. You, you didn't come to work when you should have come to work. We fired you for cause. So not only is this not, not cause, John, the employer here had no right whatsoever, and you've been sitting here nodding your head, uh, no right whatsoever to demand that uh, it be told, be told what the medical condition is. An employer has a right to know prognosis, not diagnosis. Right. An employer has a right to know, can you work? How long can you be expected to be off work? The employer does not have a right to know what the medical condition is. It doesn't matter whether you're suffering from a, a herniated disc or cancer in, in the sense that if you have to be off work, that's all that matters. So this was not caused, and potentially it was also a human rights violation. So I'm not working with this lady both to get her the severance that she's owed, of course, as well as potentially get her some additional damages for violations of the Human Rights Code. Take our first break. Lots more to go. We will discuss the severance pay calculator, a very cool tool when we come back from that short break. In the meantime, we'd love to get your phone calls up until 8 o'clock tonight, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. The employment hour is... On the way, right here, rolling on Talk Radio AM 640. We will get to the uh, severance pay calculator here in uh, a few moments, but as always, our callers are top priority. Steve, good evening. Oh, hi. Um, yes, uh, I just returned to work uh, from a disability, and um, I've been back for approximately a month, and uh, I find out that I'm on reduced wages. Did they tell you why, Steve, why they reduced your wages? Well, they have uh, um, what they call um, a classification of non-productive. Now, I, I make close to $26 an hour, but uh, they, they have a base rate at $18.90 per hour, and then they have a customer premium that tops up the rest. And so you're now making the, the, the base rate, I guess, yes. or something closer to the base rate? Yes. And is the reason why you're, you're considered to be maybe not a good performer because you were away from work, or is it unrelated to your absence? Uh, well, sorry, um, just repeat that once again. So is the fact that they, had to re that they reduced your pay because they, they say, I guess, your performance wasn't where it needed to be, is that... No, no, that's not it. Um, uh, well, they're obligated to bring me back, but um, they... Um, it, it's nothing to do with my performance. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not doing my full regular job. Because you're still not working full time? Well, they brought me back on the light duty right. due to the obligations, but um, uh, all the other guys make uh, the top rate, but because I'm... Um, I, I'm uh, basically they're using me to train other guys. 
I see. And, and at some point, presumably, those limitations are going to be lifted. You'll be able to go back to doing your old job? Uh, yes. Okay. Like, like I got to see my doctor, and once he approves everything, um, then they'll be paying me full rate. Okay. So, so, so good. Now I understand the situation. If you were back doing your old job in the same way, and they were paying you less because you were off work, that would be illegal. Uh-huh. Uh, it would be potentially a constructive dismissal. It could also be a human rights violation. If the reason why you're, paying, you're getting paid less is because you're not actually able yet to do your full job, you're, you're on light duties for, uh-huh. for a period of time, that's okay. Because you're not able to do the full job, they're not able to pay you the full pay. As long as when you're cleared and able to do your regular job, you're bumped back up to your regular pay, right. they, that's they, fine. They told me that. Okay, as long as that ha- that happens, that from a legal standpoint, they're okay. They haven't done anything illegal. Uh, so if that happens, you know, hopefully it happens very soon. You're cleared. You can go back to work uh, full time, uh, full duties. If they bump you back up, then that's okay, uh, and there's nothing else that needs okay, to be so done. They're, so they're in their right to do this to me. At this point, yes, they are because you're on, on, on modified or light duties. Uh, yes, they are. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Appreciate the uh, the call, Steve. Let's talk about the severance pay calculator. That's right, the severance pay calculator. Uh, when I started off uh, the the show today, we talked about the week that was a couple of situations. So those two people that I talked about were terminated. Their job uh, was ended. So the question always becomes, well, what are they owed now? Well, how do we figure that out? Well, one of the tools that everyone can use, anyone at home, you don't have to be an employment lawyer to figure that out is the severance calculator. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, you input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and you find out exactly how much money you're owed, how much severance you're owed. It's completely free and easy to use. It's anonymous. Everyone should use it. You know, go right now. Literally, just go on your smartphone or on your tablet and go to severancepaycalculator.com right now. Find out how much you'd be owed. Even if just so happens you've been let go, you should always know that. Always make that the first place you go to, severancepaycalculator.com. Now, that's going to give you amount as far as weeks. There is a, uh, a part there, a portion there, where you can put in your salary and get an actual dollar amount. Yeah, right? yeah. Which so, is nice. It's nice. So not only that, you can put in your salary, and if you've actually been offered severance, you can put how much severance you've been offered if you want, and it's ca- uh, calculate the difference in dollars between what you're actually owed nice. and what you've been offered. And remember, John, 90% of people, 90, 90% of people, are offered completely inadequate severance to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. I created the severance calculator so that no one ever should accept uh, less severance than what they're owed. Severancepaycalculator.com. Slide in a quick call before we go to break out. Walter in Aurora, good evening. Walter, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Okay, what's your question? Shoot. I'm wondering if you work in an area where they have cameras uh, to catch thieves coming in or anything, and they can use the cameras to fire you if you were not working, if you were slacking off. So as long as the cameras are in a place where you know that they're there, and what I mean is they're not, they're not uh, hidden, it's not a place where you would expect privacy, you know, like in the bathroom or under your desk in your office, as long as they're a place where you know, and, and yes, they can use that information because you can't really have any expectation of privacy when the cameras are in otherwise a public place, so they can use that. Now, the fact that they may have caught you doing something you're not supposed to does not mean they can let you go for cause. You know, depends on how mm-hmm. much, uh, you know, how much time did you take off? Did you have previous warnings? They should at least initially try to provide you a warning because letting you go for something like that would be an extreme measure. But can they use that against you? Yes, potentially they can, Walter. Can I ask you one more thing? Sure. If you're working alone, 
say, an overtime and something happens to you. Are yes. they liable? If you're working alone uh, and, and you get injured? Yes. Well, uh, they're not liable ever really because that's what there's the WSIB. If you get injured at work, WSIB always covers. So whenever there's a workplace injury, the only way you can get compensation is from WSIB, not from your employer. In fact, you're not allowed to sue your employer for an injury at work. You have to get compensation from WSIB. So the, the answer is shortly no, they're not liable in that sense. Okay. I've been wondering about that for 20 years. Now I got my answer. There you go. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thanks, Thank we're doing the show. We'll take a uh, quick break. Everybody else, uh, you're calling through. Hang on the line. We will get to you. Your phone calls, indeed, more of the employment hour coming up. And as always, we appreciate your phone calls to the show. Please hang in there. It's a, it's a busy night, but we'll get to you all one by one. Tyler in Toronto, good evening. Hey, how are you? How are you, pal? What's happening? Not bad, not bad. I um I got a issue at work. It's not me in general, but, I mean, rumor has it that... Uh, our supervisor's been following this one staff member around to ensure that she comes on time. Now, she is late, usually five minutes every day. And I'm just curious, is, is that eventually, you know, with enough documentation, a fireable offense? You're talking about being late. Can he fire her for being late for five minutes? Well, maximum ten, between five and ten. Yeah. So the, the, on a regular the, basis, though, I would say maybe three to four times a week, maybe? It, it does depend, first of all, on a few things. It depends on whether or not they document this, whether they provide our warnings. So it's not enough to say we document it. They actually have to provide discipline. So here's a warning, here's a second warning. Now we're going to maybe suspend you. So they have to build up a case to maybe at some point get to determination. The other oh. factor is length of employment. If she's been there for 25 years, you know what, you'll never be able to let her go for cause uh, for being five to 10 minutes late. If she's been there for a year, very different situation. So the context is important, but they will never ever be able to let her go for cause if they're not building up a case, if they're not showing that they're providing uh, previous discipline. Okay, so I've been listening to you guys for a couple of weeks now, well, a little longer, and it seems like any type of uh, firing, they got to do some type of uh, supplemental discipline, right? Yeah. So a warning and then maybe a suspension, like yep. you said, and then maybe the third time maybe a firing exactly. or a longer suspension. You got it. You add, okay. Exactly. They have to build up to it. It's like, you know, the capital punishment. You don't just give capital punishment. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the worst punishment when you, you don't have any other options. Exactly. What, that's what I thought, yeah, because she was pretty nervous, right? Sure. She has an issue coming in late. I don't know what it is, right? But well, If she loses know, her job, any concerns, have her give me a call. I'll be happy to talk to her. Tyler, appreciate that. Got uh, Mike and Brampton. Good evening, Mike. What's your concern? Oh, hi. I want to know how long after you're being let go from a company you can go back to them for severance. Mm -hmm. Excellent question, Mike. The answer is two years, okay? So exactly two years from the date you've been let go. How long has it been in your situation? 18 years. Yeah. 18 years, a little over. <laughs> a, a bit, a bit yeah. over, Mike. So no, over. Not, not much that can be done here. And, and you know, hopefully for our, our listeners, there's a, there's a lesson here. Yeah. You've got to deal with these matters as soon as you can. You've had one that was, was it 30 over 30? Yeah, it was something, sometime yeah. in the 70s that, that someone called brilliant. me. And, you know, right around the time when I was born, he was let go. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe the excuse was, but I forgot. But I forgot about it. That, that, not a good excuse. Well, in that case. Well, since you forgot. <laughs> That's right. Got uh, Mark in Mississauga. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, man. What's your concern? I, uh, you know what? I'd like to uh, know from Lior just his concept about, um, or his, um, uh, I guess, understanding about past practice. Um, I understand the employer has the right to manage uh, 
in certain situations, you have benefits, you have provisions for recouping over time and that sort of thing. Um, what is the concept of past practice all about in labor law? Okay, uh, so I'm not sure we're talking about the same thing, but generally when we talk about past practice, we're talking about the fact that uh, the employer and employee can create terms of employment through past practice. So maybe uh, that maybe we, we never agreed on how uh, overtime is going to be calculated, but if through past practice we calculated it in this way, no, we can't then change it. The employer can't say, well, now we want to do it in a different way. Or if there's a, a past practice that every employee gets a, a raise of 1000 bucks a year, I'm just giving an example, right. and they've been doing that for five years, on the sixth year, the employer can't say that this year we've decided not to do it because through the past practice, it now became a term of employment. It's as if we put that in a contract. So when we talk about past practice, that's what we talk about. The, the conduct of the parties then, then creates an enforceable term of employment. Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome, my friend. Got uh, John in Toronto. Good evening, John. Good evening. How are you? Good, guys. Uh, my question is uh, basically about disability and severance. Yes, go the, ahead. First, the first question, uh, sir, is disability. I was off work uh, due to a disability uh, for approximately three years. Uh, the first two years, they allowed me to be off, but they told me I had to take a leave of absence, which I did. Uh, they allowed the first two years uh, just by writing into them, telling, asking them for a leave. They, they granted it. The third time, they asked for doc, their documentation. Okay which I gave them. And the questionnaire that they had was, what type of employment could I be doing if there was anything in my job that could be done and when the doctor would see me returning. Okay. Now, the doctor basically said at the time I wasn't able to do anything. And as far as seeing me returning, it was unknown at this time. But he also put down that, you know, with this kind of disability, some people get better, some people get worse, and some remain the same. Right. Now, the third time when he sent that off, they never granted the extension, and they basically terminated me with cause. Oh, without cause, sorry, without right. cause. Yep. And they gave me the minimum of uh, severance that I was owed. Yes, I understand. Now, my question to you is, can I fight for more severance? Uh, were they allowed to let me go, even though the doctor mm -hmm. saying that it was unknown about the foreseeable future of me returning at this time? Uh, you know, these are the sort of... Great question, John. Now, how long had you worked there for total? 15 years. So the, it really comes down to exactly what the doctor said, and here's what I mean by that. What they've done is they treated it as what we call a frustration of contract, mm -hmm. which means that you've been gone off for long, and there's really no known prospect of you coming back to work. Now, if the doctor is leaving the door open of you coming back to work, then it's not frustration of contract, and they do owe you more severance. On the other hand, if the doctor says after three years he may never work again, we, we really don't know, then it's quite possible that it is a frustration of contract, and in that case, you don't get any more than the minimum. What I would want to do here, John, this is very important because you could potentially be owed over a year's pay, maybe as much as 18 months' pay, is I actually want to see the doctor's note, or if there's more than one, I want to see them all, uh, and let me read and assess from myself whether what the doctor said does potentially give them the right to let you go with just the minimums. Once I okay. read that, I'll be able to tell you exactly. But, you know, it, it's very, very important. The exact words and the exact language that the doctor used here is going to be key. Okay. Now, just another quick question. Um, 
as far as severance now, they, they basically, when they, they terminated me, said, here you go, this is what we owe you, the bare minimum, eight right. weeks, whatever it was, and they said uh, a check will be in the mail or, you know, a check to follow. Yes. Now, I never received this check from them. Oh. And at the same time, I told them that I would not accept it because I would be, you know, seeing what my legal rights would be and whatever the case may be. Now, at the end of the year, that was about uh, last, actually, uh, uh, last June, yes. this happened. And now in January, I get my T4 from them, and it shows that they gave me this money. Okay. They want me to put on my income tax, and I've been trying to contact them saying, I never received this money. They're telling me, well, they sent it out to me, and they have to, by law, give me this. No, 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 so no, I'm no. kind of stuck there, too. Well, the, the good news is that that's what you just said is extremely easy to resolve. One letter from me, I promise you, would get this resolved in about 48 hours. So okay. give me a call. I can deal with that and also deal with the question of whether you're out full severance. John, give, uh, give him the number now. I need to talk to him. Very important, John, this number. Write it down, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. Lots to get through this evening. Lots of questions, lots of phone calls. We love them. That's how we roll. Got uh, Leona in Toronto. Leona, thanks for hanging on through the break. Uh, what's your question for Lior? Uh, good evening. Um, I received a letter of termination of employment. Uh, it says this letter is to inform you that regrettably uh, we have to give our notice to said people they rent the store from. Um, and our store will be closing in approximately eight weeks. I wish to thank you for all your good work, hard work, and support. Right. Okay, because we've received this letter and they're saying in approximately eight weeks it would be closing this store, um, do we have any recourse for seven or anything? Oh, for sure. Now, uh, you're not part of a union? No, it's just it's an, um, just a one-person, it's a family store, just one store. That Got have. it. And, Leona, how long have you worked there? Me, myself, six years, but there's uh, three other employees who have been there uh, 12, 10, and nine years. So all of you are entitled to severance. Let me tell you specifically how much you're owed. So you've been there for six years, and, and how old are you, Leona? Uh, 52. 52. And what do you do at the store? It's, uh, it's kind of like a import uh, grocery store. And, and your specific job is what? Cash, cash, uh, sale, you know, sales. So, so you're going to be owed as much as eight months' pay, okay? Somewhere between seven to eight months' pay. Now, mm -hmm. th those eight weeks that no notice that they give you, they count towards that. So if it's eight months, they've given you two months, let's say, notice. So you're still mm -hmm. owed another six months' pay, okay? So that's a significant amount. You absolutely are owed severance. And by the way, your colleagues, they've actually, from what you're saying, they may have even worked longer than you. Oh, so, yeah. so potentially they're owed even more severance than you. Uh, definitely, you, you've all actually, this is, if you don't get severance, that's a wrongful dismissal, Leona. So I think it's very important right now uh, that you and, and your colleagues give me a call as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we yeah. want to make sure we deal with this right now so that you're not out of income at all. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, you're, you're probably owed another six months pay. Your colleagues could be owed as much as another year's pay. So very important that we speak as soon as possible. And, and I'll ask John here to, to give you the number right now. Leono, that number, write this down if you can, 416-216-5900, yeah, 416-216-5900. She's doing it on the fly. I love it. That's great. All right. So, Leona, look forward to talking to you. There we go. We got uh, James in Richmond Hill. Hi, James. Hi, how's it going? Good, pal. What's happening? I uh, just want to know my rights on WSIB. Uh, about five years ago, 
I fell on my job, uh, herniated my disc in my lower back, and basically I was off on light duties for eight months, got my clearance to go back to work, uh, had a reflare about a year and a half later, and they denied it. Uh, they denied me. I re, uh, what I guess it would be, uh, I appealed it. Yes. And they they denied it. They never got back to me. I called them and called them. Eventually, I just got fed up with it. And now I've gone through another reflare, right? It's been uh, the last month I've been through a reflare. I've actually had to take all my holidays because the fighting through it, they just deny it anyways, right? So how do I go about making sure that it's going to go through? So a uh, very good question, uh, James. So, you know, it's always very frustrating to deal with WSIB. I find that they're not the most uh, uh, easy to, to deal with place. Sometimes it's very bureaucratic, very slow. Ultimately, you may have to take your, uh, your matter to the Workplace Safety Appeals Tribunal. Uh, and, uh, and that's the way to go. There's a specific process here. We need to talk about I want to know exactly what you've done, at what step of the appeal you were, because we may have to take this to the appeal tribunal uh, and, and deal with it. That's kind of the last final step. There's nothing to do beyond that. Uh, and, and that could take some time. But given the fact that you're, you're dealing with this problem, it's obviously impacting your ability to work. It's worthwhile to do that. So uh, give me a call off air and uh, I, I can connect you with someone that deals exclusively with WSIB matters and, and he'll be able to help you. 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. He's talking about to get him directly. You want to email, simple as well, Lior at employeehour.com. And we'll take a uh, brief pause here, get to more of your phone calls. You want to give us a call on the air, you know that number as well. 746 on your Wednesday evening. We roll on with the employment hour. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. John in Toronto. Good evening, John. What's your story? Hey, uh, so uh, I may or may not have had uh, an encounter with my boss's wife, <laughs> and I think he uh, figured it out. Oh, and, really? Uh, and things, uh, I think the boss is really going to try to uh, get it in for me. So I'm wondering, uh, what should I do now, and is there anything I can do to protect myself? Now, John, boss, the boss, is this your direct boss, or is this the owner of the company? Tell it's me the you... owner. Oh, it was gosh. a Christmas party, and uh, one thing led to another. Right. So, so first of all, uh, the question becomes, can he fire you for, for cause for, for doing this? You know, the, the, the answer is it's a tough one. I'm not uh, saying I did. I'm just saying it could have happened. Yeah, hypo- right. hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. I understand. Hypothetically. No, no. This is a purely hypothetical discussion we're having. I understand that. Uh, we call this without prejudice in, in my field. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you that you probably could be terminated simply because it creates a situation that makes it potentially unworkable. It's just going to be extremely difficult, almost impossible for, for your boss to work with you. You, you would have done something to kind of breach the trust that he may have uh, and make it difficult to continue working. So I think my, my feeling on this, this is not a common situation, but my feeling on this is as difficult as it is to establish cause, this potentially could be that. Now, if he doesn't let you go, you could probably bet on the fact that he may make your life miserable. In a way, though, in a way, making your life miserable is actually better. Here's what I mean by that. If he starts making your life miserable but he doesn't let you go, at that point, you may be able to say, well, now by doing this, you know, you're making all these unreasonable demands or whatever you're doing to mistreat me, you've constructively dismissed me. So at that point, you actually may be owed severance. So if he lets you go, 
probably not a heck of a lot we could do. If he does not let you go, just starts making your life miserable, at that point, we actually may be able to get you your full severance. So, uh, you know, my advice is, you know, don't quit, not at this point. Uh, see what happens. See if your your boss, uh, how he deals with this. Who knows? Maybe he uh, uh, maybe he won't be as upset. Maybe he will. I don't know. Uh, but uh, ultimately, don't quit. If he lets you go, maybe nothing to do. If he doesn't let you go and does something else to you, uh, give me a call. And what about his wife? Uh, she was kind of misleading me as well. She uh, she ended up having fake tips. <laughs> well, then they definitely can't fire you. I mean, uh, I, I, in that Those are not paying for you. Yeah. Know, it doesn't matter what kind of law fees you have for that one. There you go. That's Interesting. Right. Yeah. Moral of the story, my friend, never dip your pen in company ink. No. I think is where we go with that one, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It's probably not a good idea. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll take a, a short break and into uh, more of our commentary and our discussion of understanding the duty to accommodate. Not accommodations, John. We're talking accommodate. All that in the employment hour coming up. Talk radio, AM 640. You know, that was the first call in the history of this show where the last several years we've been misled by fake breasts. Yes. Uh, you know. Yes. Come on, John. You can't recognize that thing? It's called the internet. They have it for computers now. Good Lord. We'll get to another call here before we uh, wrap this up. Yeah, I've got uh, Francis in the Go. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you? All right, Paul. What's up? Um, okay, so my uh, my girlfriend uh, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis about uh, two and a half, three months ago, mm-hmm. um, and she was employed by her, her dad, uh, company business, and she's she's got about 14 weeks of unemployment insurance, and that's probably due to run out within the next month and a half or so. Um, she's stable, but um, she's still unable to go back to work. So I'm wondering what um, what the next step would be um, in regards to maybe disability, etc. Yeah, I uh, would really like some input on that. Now, is it expected that at some point she will be able to go back to work? Um, it's hard to tell because she was just diagnosed quite recently, uh, like within the last two months. Yes. Um, so they don't know if it's going to, uh, you know, if she's she's going to revert back or if she's going to have another episode. Um, but at this point, like her mobility is, is somewhat limited. Okay. Now does um, the, the company that she's working, her dad's company, do they have a disability plan? They don't. Okay. So there's no long-term or short-term disability plan. Right. So in that case, her options are somewhat limited. The only thing she could do is, uh, there's a, an Ontario program called ODSP. She can see, uh, it's Ontario Disability Support. I forgot what the P stands for, a plan. Ontario Disability Support Plan, and mm-hmm. see if, if she can qualify for that. Uh, I'm not sure what the criteria is, but other than that, there's really no other method for her. She could be off work as long as she needs to be, even if it's a year uh, or longer. But in terms of actually getting paid, once EIs uh, is done, she can try to sell, uh, qualify for ODSP. You can Google that and get all the information that you want and apply for that. Uh, there's no downside. Uh, but beyond that, if there's no disability plan uh, through work, then there's no other compensation for her, which, which is a tough situation. Yeah, Ho- hopefully yeah. she can get better and go, uh, get back to work. Remember, she, she, just because she can't work right now doesn't mean she's out of a job. I'm putting the family issues aside, the family relations aside. Uh, she has a right to go back to work if she's cleared to go back to work. Uh, certainly at this point, you know, there's reason to think that at some point she could go back. Uh, so hopefully that happens sooner rather than later and she can go back to work. Yeah, she's in um, she's in the plumbing field, so it's very demanding. And uh, I, see. Yeah, I guess she's just not at, at that point yet. 
But what was what was the name of that? Um, it's O D S B. O D S B. Okay, I'll yeah. look into that. Okay. So yeah, just Google that. You'll you'll find all the, all that you need. Let's get to an email here. Any time outside of show hours as well. By the way, the phone number four one six two one six fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and Lior L I O R at employmenthour.com. Patricia writes in says I worked for a healthcare facility for thirty two years full time as an independent contractor. I was let go last week. What am I owed? Yeah, well, first of all, if you work somewhere for 32 years consistently, I don't think there's any way, uh, any way in the world where you are considered in the eyes of the law to be an independent contractor. <laughs> Let's make that very clear. You may have thought that you were and you maybe have been treated yourself or and, and the employer may have not withheld taxes thinking that you're an independent contractor. But guess what? The law would still consider you to be an employee after 32 years, not even a question. So the reality, Patricia, is you probably are an employee in the eyes of the law. So after 32 years... If you're being let go, you get severance. Now, I don't know exactly what you did, and I don't know your age. You didn't give me that. But you're probably, after 32 years, going to get 24 months compensation, if not pretty darn close to it. So 22, 23, 24 months compensation is what you are owed, likely. But in this case, I really do want to, and I do need to speak to you off air. I want to find out more of exactly about your job or your compensation and why you actually lost your job, et cetera. Uh, so, uh, and, and there's a lot at stake. I promise your, your, your employer is not just going to offer you 24 months compensation. We'll have to work to get it. So very important that you give me a call as soon as possible. A couple minutes left. Uh, take us down the, uh, the bike here with the, uh, severance pay calculator. Yeah. So how do I know it's 24 months and how does that people at home know if they want to find out? Uh, we've talked about this, but it's, it bears repeating. We'll repeat it always. Severancepaycalculator.com. It's a, it's a tool. It's free. It's easy to use, and it calculates the amount of severance that you are owed if you lost your job. Uh, if you want, even if you're curious to see, hey, you know, I was let go a year ago. Did I get offered proper severance? Did I accept proper severance? Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Maybe you can't do anything about what happened then, but at least now you'll know for the future. So it's easy, it's free. You should always make that the very first place you go to if you lose your job. And if you're sitting out there uh, enjoying the uh, the sun in your in your front yard, and you find out that your neighbor just lost their job, tell them as well to go to severancepaycalculator.com. Any questions you didn't get answered uh, via phone or just by listening to the radio tonight? You can go to myterminationquestions.com. Is there? It's actually well. terminationquestions.com. That's, That's right. right. There's no my terminationquestions.com. Ask your question for free. Uh, easy. We answer usually within a few minutes. There you go. Done for another week. We're back on Sunday if you didn't get any more information. And to leave you with a phone number one more time, 416-216-5900 to get a hold of the R anytime, starting, well, right now. Until next time, the Employment Hour, right here at Talk Radio, AM640.